Man, that song will never, ever get old. That's Homeless Mustard doing Radiohead's Creep. That song's about, uh, I don't know, like nine or ten years old now. Uh, I, I didn't realize at the time that I was watching something extremely special. I, uh, I picked up my little flip camera, if you remember those flip cameras, because this homeless guy that was in our studio was about to play a song for us. I'm like, oh, God, this is... This will be uh, something to goof on and have fun with. And next thing you know, halfway through that song, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm definitely watching something very, very special here. And boy, I was not wrong. To this day, it has 35 million views on my YouTube channel. Uh, It does 20,000 views every two days as I speak. It's it's been a phenomenon ever since... um, he originally did that on the Opie and Anthony show many, many years ago. The story goes, uh, we used to do this bit called the homeless shopping spree. One of my favorite Opie and Anthony bits of all time. Basically, we got this idea to take homeless people shopping to snooty malls. And uh, keep the cop, who uh, did a lot of great stuff for the Opie and Anthony show back in the day, he would kind of round up uh, homeless people from all over New York. And uh, the crazier, the better... And then we would bring them in studio, and we would uh, interview them and, and see what their stories were all about. And so the audience would get to know these guys, and we would slowly bring a homeless guy in here and there. And then it would, um, and then it would end with us getting a bus, 
getting the homeless people on the streets of uh, New York to jump on a bus. We would give them a great, great day. Obviously, they all wanted alcohol, so they're drinking alcohol. And then we would um, we would go to a mall at the last minute. What I mean by that was we didn't want to advertise the mall ahead of time because, uh, obviously, a lot of these malls would be very, very pissed that the Opie and Anthony show was bringing smelly, dirty, homeless people to their mall to shop. Um, the audience would get so excited, and they would literally get in their cars. We would do this in afternoon drive, and they would just be kind of guessing which mall we were going to, and at the last minute, we would go, all right, we're going to Short Hills Mall, or whatever it would be, and next thing you know, on the uh, even though it was last minute, we would have thousands of listeners of the Opie and Anthony show show up to the mall to watch these homeless people go shopping. Uh, it was amazing. And then, like, the stores would be in a complete and utter panic, and they would, like, try to pull their gates down at the last minute so the homeless people couldn't go into their particular shop to do, uh, to do the shopping. And the fans were so freaking cool because we would give them a, I don't remember exactly, but we, we would give them a nice amount of money, and we'd give them food for the day, and we would give them uh, alcohol. But uh, the fans... Would, would get incredibly generous and start buying um, stuff for the homeless people, like new sneakers and new coats and all sorts of things. So it was, a, it was a great, great bit. It started out as kind of a shock jockey bit, to be honest with you. But in the end, man, a lot of people really showed uh, compassion for the homeless people and this bit in particular and definitely took care of the homeless people for the day. Uh, it was one of my favorite, favorite bits and I mention it because Homeless Mustard Daniel uh, was coming in because we were going to do the homeless shopping spree again. Actually, at that point, I don't think we were doing it anymore. But Keith was still bringing in the homeless people because we found them very, very interesting. Uh, how the homeless shopping spree went bye-bye was because of corporate America and corporate radio. Uh, there was a time, man, you know, we would work for these companies, and they would just let us do our thing because um, we brought in the audience, we brought in the ratings. So they were just in the back room as they're counting their money from um, from the Opie and Anthony show. They would keep their fingers crossed, like, God, I hope nothing goes wrong with this crazy thing they're doing. Uh, but as we all know, uh, things changed dramatically. And I remember the day the homeless shopping spree thing was dead, we went back to radio. We were um, we took over for David Lee Roth, who took over for Howard Stern, and we did pretty good. We were on in mornings at K Rock, excuse me, and we were also doing the uh, the satellite radio show at the same time. And uh, we thought it was going to be like the old days because at this point we were off regular radio for a good three years, I think. And boy, the world changed. So. Uh, we went to the bosses like, hey, man, we want to bring back the homeless shopping spree. We all know how successful that was back in the day with, you know, thousands of fans showing up at a mall at the last minute to uh, help the homeless go shopping. And just imagine the radio. Um, I know I have a lot of newer, like, uh, listeners, dare I say, fans to this podcast that don't know much about the ONA days. I would suggest you go to YouTube because there's plenty of homeless shopping spree videos still up there that you could check out just to see how insane it was. But anyway, um, so we went to the bosses. We want to do the homeless shopping spree like the old days. And they basically uh, shut it down. We're like, well, we're going to have to, I mean, we'll let you do it, but we're going to have to let the malls know ahead of time that you're coming. And I, I looked at these guys. I said, look, you go to a mall and say that Opie and Anthony are bringing you know, uh, a dozen or so, you know, homeless, dirty, smelly bums to their mall to do some shopping, and they're going to be accompanied by thousands of Opie and Anthony fans. There's not a mall in this world that's going to say, oh, okay, but they're like, no, you know, let us us try. So, you know, you you know how this ended. Uh, A week or two later, they're like, well, we, we called 20 malls, and they all said no. I'm like, of course. The beauty of the bit was that it was uh, the the element of surprise where, you know, out of nowhere, these these homeless people are going through the doors of the mall and, and, and chaos ensued, although we never had an issue, never. I mean, there was a mob of people following the homeless people as they shopped, but we never had one issue. So then we're like, oh, God, this radio is going to be a lot tougher than, than we expected. And then um, they came to us. We're like, guys, good, uh, good news. We could do the homeless shopping spree. And I'm sitting there like, oh, oh, really? Oh, 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 my, really? Uh, 
And this is what they actually told us. They're like, Costco uh, wants to do the homeless shopping spree. I'm like, all right, we'll do it at Costco. This was this was the rules they set forth for us. And this is when I knew, like, another Opie and Anthony bit was dead. They said, uh, yeah, Costa, Costco will do the bit. But they want to do it um, off hours. They want to do it uh, when the store is closed and the homeless people could, you know, go in and shop around a little bit. Uh, we'll allow you to have a few fans in, but not the whole mob. I think they were talking about maybe like 20, 30 fans would be allowed to go into the empty Costco with the homeless people to go shopping. I'm like, oh, my God. There's a reason why these guys are not on the air and they're in the back offices making believe they're uh, controlling the action. So that was the end of uh, the homeless shopping spree, unfortunately. But, uh, man, you know, the videos uh, live on online if you want to check it out just put homeless uh, shopping spree into the old youtube search and you certainly could see what the whole bit was about but it, it was crazy but after that you know keith uh, kept bringing in these homeless guys and one of them was uh daniel mustard who i nicknamed homeless mustard and uh that day you know we're talking to him i think keith found him on the street uh, like at four in the morning and he just got out of the hospital because he was drunk and and he was just a mess if you look at the video online which i'll i'll put a um a link to the uh the video in the description of this podcast you can see like the hospital bracelets are on him and and whatnot and and as we're talking to him he's like yeah you know i'm a musician but i haven't played in a while and i'm like really so i'm like let's get this guy a guitar and see what he could do and we had a Taylor guitar at um, Sirius XM, which is which is key to this this story because you know YouTube comments are the worst. And even though it's a beautiful song, an amazing rendition of Radiohead's "Creep," uh, you know Mustard made it his own. Um, of course, in the comments, you're like, "If he's homeless, why is he playing a Taylor guitar?" <laughs> People are exhausting. Instead of just enjoying this amazing video from a homeless guy that barely slept, was in the hospital all night, still drunk and high on whatever the fuck, they have to find the one thing. That's a Taylor guitar. Homeless, huh? Yeah, homeless. Boy, what a surprise that Sirius XM, you know, that has musicians coming in left and right, would actually have uh, guitars and other instruments laying around just in case. But anyway, that's the story of uh, Homeless Mustard. Over the years, I kept in touch with him. I kept doing videos with the guy. Um, he was, he was like, getting himself together, and then he would be back on the streets, and then then people all over the place were trying to help him, and they, they did an EP with the guy. And uh, sad to say, it's been, uh, been a few years now. I've kind of lost touch with uh, Homeless Mustard. I mean, I, I did what I could, but... That addiction is a motherfucker. So anyway, that's the story of Homeless Mustard. At the end of this podcast, by the way, I'll do another um, another song by um, by Daniel. It, it's a great song because he would come in from time to time after the fact. And, and, we, and we would actually see him like kind of sober and kind of, you know, uh, uh, more more clean. We gave him another guitar, but it had a broken string. And he's like, really? And he's looking at me like, you really need me, you know, you need a song from this? And he, and, he, and he's uh, he's trying to tune the guitar and the string's broken and stuff. And he decides, you know what? This this uh, this sounds kind of cool. I think I could do a rendition of The Cure's uh, Boys Don't Cry. So at the end of this episode, you'll hear uh, one more from Homeless Mustard, my old friend Daniel doing the cures uh boys don't cry so there you have it anyway uh this is a, a little bit of a different podcast today i'm uh, i'm on the beach it's 6 15 in the morning on a sunday the blue skies are uh nice the sun just came up i'm looking down to the beach to my left i'm looking down to the uh the beach to my right and there's not a soul this is this is my happy place to say the least, man, uh, I'm, I'm happiest when I'm, I'm uh, up very, very early, just chilling by myself. Uh, a true introvert. <laughs> a lot of people like to use the word introvert, but they're not really introverts. Real introverts understand when uh, they see another introvert. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with being an introvert. Wow, the waves are awesome. 
I think I, I think I got some nice fishing ahead of me today. There's a lot of wash. That's where the striped uh, bass like to hang out in the wash. So anyway, uh, yeah, I got a, a, a little different uh, podcast for you guys today. I recently was on uh, Jessica Kirsten's podcast, Relatively Sane, and I really, really like it. And I've been listening ever since uh, I had her on to uh, to promote her uh, her podcast, Relatively Sane. And why I like it is she's definitely talking to a lot of comics like everybody else. And that's why I don't listen to a lot of podcasts because I feel like um, um, the comedians are just simply doing it wrong. They're just interviewing each other and they the, 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 the comics are just going on the circuit telling the same story on a whole bunch of different podcasts. And it all just uh, kind of sounds the same. In the end, although you know, very funny, very funny guys, but uh, you know, you, you got you got these comics that are pretty fucking famous telling the exact same story on ten or twelve uh, podcasts. With Jessica Kirsten, uh, which I was very very surprised at uh, right off the bat, she is definitely talking to comics, but she's really getting into why uh, the comic is a is a stand up comedian, and it usually goes back to their upbringing. Uh, usually there was something that happened in their upbringing which just kind of pushed them to be on stage, to get attention, and to want to be funny. And uh, Kirsten is definitely breaking it down with um, comics on her podcast, Relatively Sane. And uh, after listening to a few episodes and then having her on, it made me think about uh, Mark Norman. I remember the time Mark Norman was on my show, and uh, we were getting into it. And he was, uh, he was telling me out of nowhere that he can't treat himself to a smoothie. And, and I just started laughing, thinking, oh, God, here's Mark being silly or whatever. And then I realized it was a really good opportunity to really dig in with Mark Norman. Basically, he got into why he can't treat himself to the finer things in life because of his upbringing. And I found it amazing. And I give credit to Mark Norman because uh, uh, something I've noticed over the years with comics... Uh, if they're not being funny on a radio show or a podcast, they start getting like antsy and they start squirming a little bit because I, I think they feel like they have to be on and they have to be funny at all times. And I, I remember during this uh, segment, Mark Norman was even being, was even saying stuff like, "Oh yeah, why don't we move on? This is too serious. This is too deep. Well, you know, are they like you know are they liking this?" And I'm like, "Yes, this is the good stuff." I mean, we all know Mark Norman's funny and that he could uh, he could crush it in front of anybody on any radio show, on any podcast. But I found this to be a very special moment when um, he was he was really opening up about his childhood and opening up about why he can't treat himself to smoothies or or other things. So uh, I want to play that for you right now. It's about 27, 28 minutes. Basically, uh, it picks up. Um, Mark Norman came in. At this point in his career, he was opening up for Amy Schumer, who was basically just destroying around the country. Uh, they were flying on private jets. Mark Norman would be picked up at like 2 in the afternoon. Uh, he would be on a jet in another city. And all he had to do was 20 minutes in front of uh, Amy Schumer's crowd. Mark was in a great place in his career, but he wasn't fully enjoying it. So uh, that, this is where it's going to pick up here. With that said, welcome to the OP Radio Podcast! She's opening for Amy Schumer. Yeah, it should be fun. That was a great gig. And oh, then how dude. much time do you do every night? About 20. So you sit back. So you're flying first class, taking choppers to gigs for 20 minutes. How and does the, that feel, The money's man. great. The hotels are great. Five-star hotels. She's a generous, loyal giver. All these, really? She gets so much hate, these people. Uh, She's they, a great gal. They don't know what they're fucking talking about. Well, they're not Amy, all traveling with her and staying in five-star hotels. No, That's a Amy, good point. But Amy's always been uh, very generous and very cool. So Yeah, people uh, want to cut her down. But what is the... Do you even feel like you're working if you're only doing 20 minutes? Not at all. Not and you're back the same night, and you just made a ton of dough, and you got to do the thing you love and be pampered. I mean, I hate to be that guy, but it's it's great. And I wouldn't want to be her. I wouldn't want to be the headliner. So it's even better because I could just open and then I'm done. And then you're just having drinks and flirting with chicks. That's it. Yeah, might get a BJ in the back. I mean, if Kenny's (laughs) available. But uh, yeah, it's just. 
It's the dream. It's Do you get laid a lot at her shows? Oh, like, dude, it's ten million or ten thousand people, and me going, oh, I'm single, huh? Really? <laughs> yeah. So it's. It's open game on the Tinder. Is there any? Uh, That's always the subtle thing that comics do. Like I'm a single, or uh, right. yeah, you know, I love cocaine. And yeah, like, you know, or it's hard lugging this wide. Sorry, around. Opie, what were we gonna say? No, no, I was just gonna ask him if there's any guilt associated with the fact that you don't feel like you're really working. Oh, of course, I got really? crazy guilt. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a guilt-ridden nut job. But, but uh, how I'm do you feel guilty to... about that? I have guilt issues. I have real bad guilt. But how long have you been doing stand-up? Ten years. Ten years. Yeah, you're making yeah. money. You're traveling. No, I think this is a normal thing. That's why I asked him. Yeah, I'm yeah. not asking because with... he, I feel like he's damaged or something. I, I would think that if you're flying first class, staying in the best hotels, I also know she's very generous with taking you guys out to eat. I know everything about this yeah. shit. And then you're literally on stage for 20 minutes. I, I would almost, I think I would feel that guilt. Total guilt. And like, if you don't do well, oh my god, talk about guilt. You really? feel horrible. I mean, but if you don't sucks, do well, but... is it because the crowd wants to see Amy? Yeah, usually. Okay. Or you know, maybe you're off. Maybe you're you know nervous and you, you can't get the jokes out right. The timing's off. But yeah, I mean, if you bomb, I've bombed one or two times in the, in a theater, and it is. By the way, bombing is hard. Bombing in front of ten thousand is brutal. Yeah, that's a loud silence. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel guilty. I, I'll I have these weird issues where. I think my parents were kind of fucked up, and they, they screwed me up. But uh, I'll, I love smoothies, and I'll walk by a smoothie place, and I'm like, I should get a smoothie. I'm like, well, who the fuck do you think you are? Just be able to get a smoothie. You're really? crazy. <laughs> and I can't do it. And I'll just walk right by That's it. fucking stupid. I'm an idiot. I don't know. It's weird. Wait, wait, I, I won't eat certain things. I'm like, I'm looking at cookie. Well, you don't, what do you think? You just deserve a cookie? Fuck you, you piece of shit. <laughs> But what is, that, life. what is that based on? I think my my parents didn't give anything. We had no food in the house as a kid, and and you know they were I, all about you got to earn, you got to work hard. I don't know where it comes from. I didn't have a lot of food in the house, so now I make sure if I want a smoothie, I'm getting a goddamn See, smoothie. You're healthy. I uh, I got problems. I don't know what it is. I don't know but if he I'm also healthy. worked I just got hard. Different issues. He also <laughs> worked hard. We all hard. have issues. Jesus, we, we all have something. Yeah, we got something. He but worked yeah. hard to get to where he's at, so he can appreciate Everyone what works he has. Hard. You guys I have guess. worked hard to get where you're at. Yeah. But you know these guys, you just see them walking into a Baskin Robbins, you're like, what the fuck? Did you get promoted? No? Then get the hell out of here. <laughs> you don't deserve that. So are you walking around starving? All the time. I am a hungry... That's why I'm so thin. When do you treat yourself? Oh, uh, when I'm hammered, I usually do. Oh, well, because then you're... Because the inhibitions are yeah, all gone, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then you just eat shit food I you eat do? shit. I fuck just... Yeah, anything. Just Ikea furniture, size <laughs> women. I mean, it's so what crazy. You do? You're in a city... You just had a good show. Now you're walking around a cool area that has like smoothie shops. And yes, you're staying you, in the what, nice part of town. Do you, yeah. Where do you, do you go into any of these places because you're just simply hungry? Is no, it? No, I fight is, it. And I, you know, I'm like, oh, there's a mint on the pillow at the hotel. I'll eat that. That's free. You know, oh, there's a roll on that that food service tray on the floor. I'll get that. This is real. Oh yeah, I'm a mess. You can ask my <laughs> friends. They've all seen That's it. They're weird. like, dude. Like, I'll be with Joe List. I'll be like, I'm going to get a dollar slice. He's like, dude, you're making money. Go get a, a Joe's slice. He's, I'm like, nah, I got to get the dollar. But we went and had nice burgers in uh, Austin. And you paid. Is That was that That's was the reason? a money thing. It's like, who am I to just give this guy a piece of paper and then I get a, a burger? Get the hell out All of right, here. All right, when you hook up with any oh of, my of Amy's fans, yes. do you ever feel guilty because they're her fans and you fuck them? No, no, <laughs> not because they're her fans. You know, they still chose to fuck me. Okay. No, and I think... It's I a th money thing. It's no, a money and but, food thing, okay. really. But I think also, uh, uh, you know, some of the Amy fans become Mark Norman fans, too. Sure, sure. I get some, some crossover there. Sure. But I just got a new apartment, and I have no furniture in it, because I'm like, I don't deserve... I'll look at, like, a nice couch. I'm like, this couch is not wow, for me. Wow, that's fucking dumb. I brought a big nugget. That's Louis like C.K. A... bought me a watch after the gigs. You know, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. But he bought me a really nice watch, and I can't wear it, because it's too nice. So I just... It's kind of a waste. I'm walking around my apartment in my underwear with a watch on, looking in the mirror, going, hey, look at this. So do you feel like eventually you, you'll be able to wear the watch and go to the smoothie shop? Like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe. I hear you. I, I, don't I hear know. you. Like, do you feel like, all right, maybe if I get a, a sitcom or a movie or it, is there some kind of goal in, in your mind where you go, now I'll be able to treat myself? I think if I get a sitcom, I'll buy myself a smoothie and that'll be my reward and then it's back to hell. Holy fuck, do you talk to anyone about this? I got a therapist. <laughs> wow. How often do you see your therapist? We all do. Once a week. Yeah. Great guy. He and thinks what does he all, say? He's what like, is... just buy the fucking smoothie. You, you earned it. He's like, you can't. He's got all this shit. Like, if you don't love yourself, what's the point? Who's No one else is going to buy you a smoothie, but, you know. Where does your therapist think it comes from? Uh, he thinks it's all parents. Yeah. But how about this? 
Schumer, this is years ago, I, I broke up with my girlfriend and I gave her my apartment because I was like, you take it. I don't. I just want to be away from you. So you take the apartment. I'll find a new apartment. I left a bunch of shit over there and it was such a bad breakup. I couldn't go back over there and she had my coat. It's dead of winter. It's like January 2014. She bought me a coat because I was just walking around in, a, in like a hoodie in the middle of winter. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm freezing my balls off. I'm like, I don't have a coat. She's like, where's your coat? I'm like, I left it at my girlfriend's house. Why don't you go get it? I can't face her. Well, why don't you go buy one? I can't buy a coat. It's too much money. I don't deserve that. And she bought me one. You wouldn't buy a coat in that the middle coat, of winter? That Patagonia coat she paid for. And that's now three years old. Yeah. That's a weird thing, though, because you can afford a coat. I can afford and a coat. And you need... There's a difference and I between... Need it. Yeah. There's a difference between, is, like, I don't want this watch because it's too nice for me. I don't want to eat this because I feel like that's kind of like something you should do if you're if you're more successful. Right. But when you're cold, you need a coat. I, I tell you, tell me about it. I was fucking freezing. Like, how, but so, how do you justify that in your head that you don't buy yourself? Because I'm one? like, I, who am I to get a coat? I'm not a coat guy. Cold. I'm not a buy a coat. I can't walk into a store and buy a coat. Coat is a privilege. Yes, I think no matter who you are and how much money you make, we're all coat guys. Yeah, we just are. Everyone's a coat. It's like everyone's a coat guy. Everyone is a shoes guy. Everyone has fucking shoes. Everybody. Well, look, I got the squarest shoes on the planet because I just there's a New Balance. That's your thing. All right. Yeah, but I just who the fuck are you to have New Balance? Well, I can't go out and buy these Jordans these kids are wearing. All right, I'm gonna blow your mind. Why was is it okay to take the coat from Amy? I think it was a gift. So if it's a gift, it's okay. I guess so. It's it's like, I know have, it doesn't make sense. So have your friends at the smoothie store go, here's a gift for you today. Well, they don't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, I thought we were going to break. <laughs> no, this is a, this is way better than anything uh, else we talked about. It's pretty fascinating. It's really fascinating. So he was okay with you buying him the burgers in Austin. He's yeah. okay with Amy buying him this nice coat. You hide it, though, man. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know anything about. I mean, we've hung out a little bit here and there socially. You hide this stuff, yeah, because well, it looks like you dress nice. And, what? This is, I got this shirt for doing Colbert. It's a free T-shirt. Well, I mean, I'm not just talking free about today's shirt. Okay. In general, I would I would assume you you shop for yourself. And yeah, you don't. No, I never you shop. Don't look like a guy who's trying to save money. Because, oh, that's good. How know. many pair of jeans do you have? Two. And I I basically only wear this one. The other one's like my lawn mowing jeans. You know. And that's it. And that's it, yeah. What do you need more than two for? Minimalist. Yeah. Well, I'm a minimalist in general, but... I got one pair of shoes, a couple shirts. I only got a couple pairs of shoes. One jacket. I'm, I'm, I'm almost there with you. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, so I there is some guilt uh, with me, but not to that extent. Yeah, it's a problem. I'm going to buy myself a smoothie every fucking time I want one. And if I get that smoothie, the guilt it all day long, like, what the fuck? Who do you think you are? Fucking... You know, money bags, you piece of shit. What are you getting a smoothie? What if you run out of money? What if you don't make it? Ah, it never ends. That's weird. So I'd rather just not have it and go, you know, live a anxiety-free life. But I, you, you lived in that pretty awesome house down there in New Orleans. I mean, well, it seemed like your parents had money. Well, that's the thing. This, this, this is where it all stems from. My dad bought a mansion, a dilapidated mansion right. in a poor black neighborhood. So on the front, it looks like we got money, but in the inside, there's termites, rats, pigeons. We don't have running water, so I kind of have this look of wealth, facade. but there's, it's all a facade. Like you say, hey, you don't look poor, and I'm not poor, but you don't look, you know, bummy. But it's all I'm a bum inside, just like the house. Aha! Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> yes, that's fascinating. Wow, that was deep. That's fascinating stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, we get I robbed mean, all the time. These guys would come in and be like, where the fuck is everything? Right. And we were like, hey, yeah, welcome to our world. You right. know? Like home invasions, people would- Oh, my God. We got robbed you know, once every three months. Jesus, that's fucking frightening. We and were it- the white guys on the block with the mansion. So everybody's like, hey, we got to get in there. Did your parents ever think, let's get the fuck out of this neighborhood? Well, they're so liberal and they're so progressive that you know my bike would get stolen all the time. A couple guys took my bike off of me once, and I was like, I ran home crying. I was like 10. And I was like, oh, these guys stole my bike. My mom's like, well, they need it. No. You know, they need it more. Oh, wow. Don't worry about it. We'll get you a new bike. You know, whatever. And I was like, but I like that bike. Ah, shit. I think you just explained why you don't like talking politics. No, I just don't. Yeah, I, my brain goes off when I hear politics. Right. You know. Because it's, it's all nonsense in the end. Yeah, yeah. Each it's side, gonna go each away side thinks their side's the best. And right. The, and in the end, they're both shitty. I mean, it's both the same sides with, are shitty. Same with sports. I, I can't get into it because I'm like, it's all just, okay, a ball went in a hoop. Who gives a shit? He got points. He didn't. I don't know. It's a, None of it matters to me. Right. But I get why sports are great and I get why politics are interesting. I just, it's not for me. Has the therapist made any headway as far as you treating yourself to anything or? A little, but I, I push it down. I push it down. Like in what way have you made any kind of progress in being able to enjoy life like a normal person? Not much, but I'm aware <laughs> of it. 
But like you're more aware of it though. Yeah, but here's one thing I do: I'll take girls out and I fucking splur big dinners, drink, get really? whatever you want. Oh yeah, hey, let's get a, a ride here. It's Ubers everywhere, taxis everywhere. Let's get a nice hotel, big money because it's for her, not for me, and that that I can do. And you're taking, and you're you know reaping the awards of that. I'm reaping the war, and you get laid, and you know I'm fucking on on a date. So you know, was it tough to buy a place? You bought a place. I recently. bought a place, but I mean, I saved up for years. And I just. I, I'm only do I'm only able to do it because it's such a good investment. That's what I keep telling that's myself. That's what you said to yourself. Okay, because yes. that's what I was going to ask you. Because you're going to get laid from the no. Because no, he's going to make place he's going to make money off it eventually. Yeah, but you can't buy furniture. I have no furniture. So what's in your house? I have a mattress on the floor like a fucking assassin. That kind of rules. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. I mean, that I keep every rules. girl that comes over. I'm like, I just moved in a week ago. I've been in there for three months. <laughs> you don't have a couch yet. I got no couch. TV. I have a TV because there was one in the apartment when, and that's I, when the I moved only in. Reason. Because there that's was it. one in the apartment. Yeah. That's the only reason you're yes. on the TV. I got Wi-Fi eventually because I had work to do. You know, I had to like do work, so I had to get a, a fucking So router. that made sense to you. Yeah. What then, about cable? I got cable, but uh, I never watch it. Right. I should watch it. But you're paying for cable. I'm paying for cable. You deserve cable. Do you buy groceries? You have no, to... I don't buy groceries. So I'm not, I don't eat at home. You just get takeout or whatever. Yeah, a lot of eating out, a lot of comedy club food, whatever. So but the it... one thing you'll splurge on is women. Have you been in a relationship long enough where you just stop because you're like, eh. Yeah, like... and I start to resent them. I was like, this whore is running out my bank account. <laughs> and then you break up with them because <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, and they're like, what's the problem? I'm like, yeah, you gold digging bitch. <laughs> And she's, and she's like, what do you big, mean? And she's just trying to get toilet paper for your yeah. apartment. That <laughs> is fascinating. That is fascinating. I uh, love this conversation. Like we're getting too deep here, huh? <laughs> All right. If you don't mind, this is the, no, be- I don't this, mind, this is the good shit. I'm telling I'm you right now, it's the good shit. I don't want to bore anybody. And we're, you know, so, Mike Cannon well, not boring at all. It's fascinating. Uh, and it's uh, weird that it kind of bothers you a little bit, too. Well, it's, it's a curse. Yeah, and no, I, get, I get guilt to a... A certain extent, but this is way for guilt in your spending. You mean just yeah, not, yeah, and yeah, just in general, like really? he's talking, but not not to that. Like in ex- what form is your guilt? Um, uh, that's a good question. Let me think of something. I steal a lot uh, too, which is a problem. You steal big, a lot. Big Do you steal crypto. when you when you're drunk? You steal more when you're drunk. Tons of stealing, but I steal from like Walmart or Walgreens, or I don't steal from like a person's house. But why is that okay? Because I feel like ah, it's a corporation. They're fine. Do you I'll st- pocket shit from Starbucks all the time. Do you it's steal fun. shit that you don't need? Uh, it's always food or so. I don't steal like like a fucking snow globe. Okay, you know. But I'll be at the airport. And I'm like, ah, oh, these prices are crazy. I'll just steal a sandwich, and they don't notice it. Oh, I'm the king. Yeah. While you're traveling with Amy? Not really with Amy. Like, if I'm going to meet her and I'm flying somewhere to meet her, yeah, I'll steal from the airport all the time. Do you time. ever think, like, what if I got popped here and I had to tell Amy I got caught? I think about that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, have but you, I'm so good. Have you been but popped? I'm so good. Never been popped. I mean, I got popped when I was, like, 11. I stole a douche because I was like, what's a douche? You know, I knew it was, like, vaginal, and I stole a douche from Rite Aid, and they caught me. And they were like, what are you doing with this douche? I was like, my mom's sick. I made up this whole thing. The, kid, oh. the guy's like, all right, get the hell but out of here. But you didn't know what a douche was. No, I was trying to learn. You just knew it was vaginal. You thought maybe you could fuck it. This is pre-Google. Yeah, maybe a little uh, of that. Yeah. I thought it was last week. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever um, been close to getting... you ever thought somebody was eyeballing you when you were stealing something and thought, yeah, holy if, shit, and your heart raced? Of course. And then I yeah. abort. I mean, I'm not dumb. I know when to pull out, yeah. you know. God, I relate a little bit to him. Because, look at that. No, because if if uh, I leave a store with something, I have no guilt because I think the same thing. It's a corporation yeah. and all these fucking everything is over, over yes. overpriced to begin with. They'll never know. They'll never know. Fuck them. If yeah. I can get away with a little something every once in a while, I have no problem with it. No, nothing. None. That's why I like that Winona Ryder shit. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like ah, fuck it, steal. It's a thrill. <laughs> it's a thrill. Yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> so when you're eating out, it, it has to be just basic stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I mean I go to Chipotle a lot. Just just something that's like quick, ten bucks or less, and I'm full. I love finding out like I hate tapas and shit like that. I love finding out why you guys are comics. Love it. <laughs> yeah. I finally figured out Mark. That's, I mean he, really... he gave us this. We didn't uh that's I mean, a, it really... makes a lot of sense. I don't even get these comics to go up there and go, Hey, what the fuck? You don't laugh, who gives a shit? Fuck you. It's like, no, no, make them laugh. That's your job, you piece of shit. Make them laugh. Right. I hate these lazy comics. They give us a bad name too. Right. I don't care if you guys laugh. Well, well then go to a park, yell to pigeon. Why are you in this comedy club with this full audience that paid? So that's <laughs> why you work so hard. Yeah, that's You're, a big part of it. Four I, I, or five sets Mark, a night. Mark it's no, guilt. If people don't know, Mark works really fucking hard at this. Most sets in New York. Really? Oh yeah. It's been documented. <laughs> it's been documented. Most sets in New York, like in a night, like, like what do you mean? I think in a year span, I'll, I'll do like four a night. I did four last night. I did four on 
Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, you can do. What it, happens if you do one or two? I feel horrible. Horrible. Oh, I'm like, oh, come on. What are you doing? I got the easiest job, best job in the world. I can't do more than one set. Come on. Oh, only because you couldn't get booked for more shows. Yeah, something will come up or, you know, a show got canceled. But I'm like, God damn it. Are, you, uh, are your parents proud of you? No. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. I mean, they, they're not mad at me. They're just like, yeah, you know, you're doing your thing. They're casual about it, right? Yeah, very casual. This is what my parents do. This is what my therapist goes in on. And then we'll get out of here. Yeah. My, I'll go to my house. <laughs> Are you calling the break? <laughs> well, I just feel bad. I'm hogging it here. So no, I go this to my, is great. I go to my parents' house, and they'll just be like, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. And they'll drop a stack of magazines, newspapers, and whatever on the table. And they go, those have comedy in, mentioned in it. And I go, oh, all right, because they know I like comedy. So they're like, yeah, that's mentioned in there. I'm like, okay. So now I don't want to be a dick because they – thought about me so i sit there with a fucking reading glasses on and a highlighter and i go through and i go oh there's the comedy because i want to make them feel good for caring oh even though the, <laughs> even though they're not around anymore to see that you're going to look at the articles yeah e- yeah and, you, and they know that this is the least amount of care they can give but in their mind they're like hey this is look at that we give a fuck uh-huh all right here's and they, our and love the, and they don't care their care doesn't go like much deeper than i don't think so Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if I'm on Conan, they go, hey, you're on Conan. How cool is that? But they don't. I don't know if they're like watching it. Final question. What do you think they did to you that that set you down this road? <laughs> well, it was, no, no, for, like, for me, yeah. the, for me the trigger is that my mom just yelled and screamed all the time. It was exhausting. Yeah. And led so, to what that you do today? That... Well, I used to be a yeller and screamer myself. Oh, interesting. But, uh, not, not so much in uh, uh, many years now, to be honest is with you. Is that part of why you went to therapy? Uh, I went to therapy because, yeah, between, you know, I was starting a new life with my my wife and kids and all that, I finally was like, all right. I always thought, ah, therapy, who needs that right. shit? That's no, it's th- great. But then you realize, oh, no, this is actually good and could really help you. So It sounds like you cured yourself. You got, you cured. Here. I feel like I'm in a good place. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I think everyone could could use um, you everyone. Know, some, someone to talk to. Everyone but, should go. And, you know, I, I check in from time to time, but, I, yeah, there was a lot of awareness that came just talking to somebody. Totally, and that's the first step. Have either of you guys ever had a therapy session that uh, turned into a breakdown? I've fought oh, a few of them. Christ, I've no. fought. No. I've had that. But I fight it. <laughs> oh, come on. That was a joke. That was a joke yeah. for real. <laughs> we no, got fucking that was a joke. Steve McQueen over I'm here. I'm old man. I, yeah. knew, I knew that it was time to move on, and my therapist actually said, you're good for now. I don't know if a therapist, wow. I don't, I don't know if a wow. therapist should ever actually say no, that. No, never. But she said at the time, she's like, you know, you're good. We could take some time off, because I started talking about the time I didn't get a bike when I was young, uh, and I was trying to make that yes. into a thing. Yes, you're because, reaching. Because I didn't know what else to talk about, so I started reaching, and and she, I guess she knows the she signs. She sniffed it, it out. It, well, it, it's her job, so she's like, yeah, you know what, you're good. That's Wait really, that, female that has happened. Older female therapist, oh, too. Oh, that's a red flag. Why? You, were, you thought she was mom. Oh. No, I'm oh. fucking around. <laughs> I don't know. I'm joking. <laughs> but you, oh. you said you were yelling and screaming for a while, and now you're not, so I think that's a good sign. No, why? Because you realize, uh, I, I would get very frustrated. I... I had what was called uh, irritable uh, depression, which is uh, uh, depression that comes on when you're just fucking frustrated. Yeah. And you're irritable and you don't Mm -hmm. know how to get it out. And so, like, I'd be really frustrated about uh, things going on at work, maybe at home or whatever, and I would yell and scream. But that, that what you learn is when you're yelling and screaming, people just think you're an asshole. They're not going to listen to you. Even right. Though, even though in your in your heart you know you're right about this certain point. There yeah. are times you just know you're right, I think, and other times it's open sure. for discussion, obviously. Other times just fighting. Right, right. But things at work where I'm like, no, I know this is how it should be done or whatever. Yes. So, But when you're screaming bloody murder, everyone just thinks you're a cunt. Yeah. And so they, and and then now they're not listening to the point you're actually trying to make. Totally. Do you scream and yell at people at work? Not anymore. It's been when, a long fucking when time. When you went through the therapy, did you then go back and uh, apologize, try to make amends with people? That yeah, I've, I've made amends to, to a lot of people over the years. And did anyone go fuck you? Uh, not to my face, but I'm sure they're like, yeah, whatever. I'm still not over it or whatever. Oh, so you can kind of feel it. In I, the... Yeah, you know, but you, you you do what you can. Yeah. You can do what you can. I apologize for a whole bunch of things. So, what do you think your parents did, though? Uh, me, it was definitely the yelling thing just drove me insane. For me, it was the exact opposite. There was zero connecting. There was zero... I mean, they said, I love you, and there was, you know, some shoulder padding, not a lot of hugs. But uh, it was... I think it was just... There was no connection. They were busy at work. They come home. They go, you're the kid. Here's a piece of shit. You know, here's a chicken leg. And, uh, yeah, that was it. You know, if I'd be like, hey, Dad, I'm pulling on his pant leg. Hey, I did this at school. He'd go, yeah, yeah, whatever. Go you have watch brothers TV. and sisters? Older brother. 
How's he? Did he get more attention than you? Does did? he? Does he go and he's get fucked smoothies? up in a different way? No, he's got some problems too, and he's but he's a certified genius. Listen to this rap sheet on my brother. <laughs> certified <laughs> genius. <laughs> went to the best high school in New Orleans. Skipped his senior year to go straight to Berkeley, full scholarship. So he's going to Berkeley as like a seventeen-year-old, like Doogie Howser genius. shit. Yeah. Then he became a master fencer. Who fences? Right. <laughs> became a master fencer. Did a whole bunch of toured the world with fencing these championships. Then he joined the Peace Corps in Africa, helping. Poor kids on a, in a village learn math so they could engineer and build pipes and, you know, whatever. Right. And uh, they did that for two years. I went and visited him. It was fucking hell. I mean, talking female circumcision, the whole thing. Wow. And uh, now he works for Google. He's like a millionaire living in New Orleans. Wow. Yeah, and I'm a comedian. So what's, I think you're, I think your life's better. How about wow. that? I agree. How about that? He, you know, he's married with kids, and he always tells me, like, pulls me aside after a few beers, and he goes, don't do it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting, but... Uh, it's weird. Mark's life is better... But he's like imprisoned in his own yes, fucking that's psyche. My, my therapist says the same thing. He's like, "Your your life's great. Your You're life in a cage. Live, enjoy it. Awesome. I can't enjoy it." Somehow you gotta have a breakthrough. I don't. I need a breakthrough. So, I, I can't. Understand. All you're gonna need is just a little breakthrough. You'll start seeing that light, and then, yeah, man, things starts to make Please. sense. Especially I, I can't when you're wait. doing that gig regularly, oh. working with Amy. Like I did some tours with bands. I opened for Alice in Chains. Everything was like so pampered every yeah. day. That I really thought, fuck, I've worked so long for this. This is an awesome feeling. And then when it ended and I went back to my own, whatever my own regular uh, comedy thing was, it was like, I, you know, I knew to enjoy it at the time when it happened. I can't believe that you. you don't allow yourself right. to enjoy it while it's happening. Can't do it. And That's, what a fucking great gig. A weird thing I'll do is I'll go I'll do a lot of pictures on Instagram, and I'll go through them from like a year or two ago. And delete and I'm like, them? No, no. I'm like, okay. look how cool that was. Oh, look at that. And I go, wow, look at that. And it blow, I'm like, who is this guy? That is amazing. I'm like, that's you, you fucking faggot. Get in there. <laughs> Get in there and enjoy <laughs> but, yourself. But I can't. I can't. I see it later. I go, look at that. But wow. That is fascinating, too, because... Mark is one of the good ones on Instagram to follow. Oh, I, I like your stuff all the time. He has a very good eye for photography. I try to make really? it a, a good photo or, or else yeah, why I put you're, it up. You're very serious about your Instagramming. Thank good, you. Funny. So or... now that connection is really kind of interesting. Ah, yes. Exactly. It's interesting. To capture that moment because right. I can't enjoy it, so maybe you should. <laughs> Uh, so, so you should just take pictures of smoothies for now on. Yeah, boy, I wish. So you try to capture an image that's good funny or good like, wow, this is a great moment in my life. I do a little of both, but it's mostly, look at this moment. Look, I'm in a jet right now with this superstar, or I look at this arena I'm doing, or whatever the hell. Yeah. You know, and... Uh... Yeah, some of them are funny. And that's silly. Oh, no, totally just, disconnected. You, you, you go silly too, but I mean, yeah. in general, you're, you're very artistic with your photos. It's, oh, it's Mark Norman on uh, Instagram. Mark, Jesus. Thank, yeah, well, no, thanks, thanks for, for opening up. This is really fascinating. Hey, anytime. I appreciate the, the, the listening. No one else listens. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, who the hell am I going to What am I going to call? Hey, mom. You know, I'll just hear, <laughs> you've reached the wrong number. But I'm, as you're saying that shit out loud, is there any kind of realization that you're having as you're saying all that shit out loud? Yeah, but it's like being left handed. It's just it's how I am. I can't rewire it. I guess I could really try to be right-handed, but it's going to take you know a lot of work. Why don't you? Why don't I, I got to keep going back to this? Why don't you feel like you deserve? To buy anything, I, I think it has a lot to do with that house as a kid. I think it had a lot to do with uh, not being. If you're not treated as a human being as a child, it it just sticks with you. That's how, you, how your 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 wiring is set. How are you oh, not treated like a human being? Just like the zero attention, zero. Who you know? We don't. You you are not even there. You're right. not. You're not looking past any attention that you were given. You really believe that you had zero attention. It was pretty low. Yeah. You know, all the the love I needed, it was it wasn't there. How did you know it was low? Were you able to compare it to your brother? No, I just that's this is life, but. It, it, the only reason I know it's low is because of these symptoms I have now. Right. So he got the same zero He attention. got the same, but he put it all in the work, and he's made a lot of money, and he's got a family now who he loves. So he he's smarter than me. He made it work. I'm doing it with audiences. He's doing it with a family and money and a home. Vin in Brooklyn says you're just cheap. <laughs> you're That's just a classic cheap. Brooklyn answer. And I, I wasn't deflecting. I was trying to think, and then we went back to Mark. The guilt with me goes with uh, when things are going well. Because in my ah. house, in my house, there was never a time where things were going well. There was always a fucking problem. Right. Christmases, uh, even though they tried their best, were always shitty because my mom had a lot of shitty Christmases. So she brought the mood down every Christmas. And then you're there as a kid opening up your cool new stuff and you almost felt guilty because you were happy 
and enjoying. Wow, that is fucking enjoying insane. Heavy. That is heavy. And and this went uh, late into my life, where like even when I was having success with the radio show over the years and stuff, I felt guilty. Like, oh, things are good. It's they're never supposed to be good. Yes. I would come home with some exciting news, and my mom would be off and running because sneakers were left out. Some nonsense. Oh, and wow. it was always supposed to just be just just negative and sad in the house. Yes. So I had to get through that, but I I got the breakthrough, and I I'm certainly enjoying uh my life way Good more you, now man. but Good it took a, it, it took a long fucking time because yeah you don't, you, it don't took even therapy. Under, you don't even understand why you have the guilt at first you're like why right. am i guilty because you know i'm i'm happy and, totally. and the radio show's going well and i you know I, I, I'm, you have to rewire your whole system it's not easy a, it takes a while so you weren't even able to realize that that guilt was always there until you, you went to therapy knew. you're like oh fuck that's right I'm, we're not supposed to be you know kind of happy right you know you kind of knew, and and that was the guilt because you would leave this depressing uh, situation, go back to my apartment in this case, and and then be happy and like uh, you know, and then feeling the guilt like you you know it's because you have that yeah yeah yeah, and yeah, yeah. that that attachment to the uh, the house or whatever. So wow, man, this is heavy. This yeah. is great. And there you have it. How 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 crazy is that? He can't even treat himself to a smoothie. He he feels like he doesn't even deserve a winter coat. I do got to say, since uh, I had that conversation with Mark, he's doing much better, and he's enjoying some uh, some of the finer things in life. So uh, I can't wait to get Mark Norman back on the podcast in the very, very near future. Now, that leads to something else, because um, uh, during that segment, uh, Craig Gass was, was also on, and I was just casually talking about my upbringing and my house and the darkness that was my, my, my home. And uh, Craig Gass, I could see it in his face. He was just amazed. He was just amazed by what I was uh, what I was saying during that segment. And it's so funny because, you know, um, craziness and darkness and uh, sadness from my mom uh, really became became the norm. And when I tell like my family stories from the past, people just will have their mouths open, like you went through that, and I'm like, yeah, I did. And uh, I, I, uh, I like the fact that I'm opening up more about uh, my upbringing because uh, I hear from you guys, you know, that it, that it has helped you, that you feel like, oh, my God, I wasn't alone. I had a crazy upbringing, too. And, man, you know, I don't know. I feel like it, it helps people when, when, when you share the, share the craziness of uh, your, your upbringing. But uh, I feel like i got to explain my, my home a little bit more because uh, at the end of that segment, Craig Gass, just with that look, um, I, I got to fully explain, but, uh, you know, one of seven kids, sometimes eight, sometimes nine, depending on who we were bringing into our family, which was so weird because uh, my, my parents were always trying to help others. Um, and then, then there was just such a darkness and a, and a negativity and, a, and an intenseness in my household. So it, it was, uh, it was, it, it was uh, to say the least, very, very strange at times. It was a very dark house with that dark paneling. Uh, we had a dark blue rug, I remember. I remember that my mom didn't really like to have the drapes open much. So even in the summertime, it would be just a very, very dark house. We didn't have um, central air conditioning, so we had the two fans. So you can just imagine the summer. I mean, I, I think we opened the windows because I, I, I sort of have a... A memory of the drapes kind of blowing in the wind a little bit, but it would still be hot as all hell because my mom was always trying to save money. So to have, you know, central air conditioning was just insane to her. Absolutely insane. So I, I, I've told the stories in uh, past podcasts that, you know, we had two fans. Uh, one was for mom and dad, and uh, the other fan was for uh, us kids that we got to share. So, you know, maybe once a week you had a fan in your room in the middle of summer when it was like, it felt like it was well into the 80s in these rooms. But anyway, that darkness in the house, um, I didn't realize until uh, many years later, um, you know, I'm in therapy, been doing therapy for like over 10 years now. And uh, it's so weird how your upbringing uh, brings you to things you like doing as an adult. And as I sit out here on the beach, once again, I realize that I'm I'm much happier and much more comfortable outside uh, my house and houses in general. Um, even though I have a great I, I have a great apartment in New York, I have a, a, a 
beautiful house uh, near the beach. But uh, even though uh, my my existence is very very different than uh, how I was brought up, I still ha- have the need and uh, to want to be outside as much as humanly possible. And the other thing is, um, I, I was brought up uh, loving basketball. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna tie these two things together. I, I loved basketball growing up, and I also was um, a caddy, so I loved golf. And um, you know, my my parents were like, "Wow, wow, Greg is a, a really hard worker." You know, I would work six days a week, sometimes seven, because on Mondays they would have those outings at the golf course. That were a nightmare. The outings were basically uh, companies would rent the golf course on a Monday. So the whole company would get to play golf for the day on a beautiful golf course. Uh, the problem is that most of the people never played golf in their life or played just a few times. So instead of having a, a round of golf that might take four hours to four and a half hours, a round would take eight hours, and these guys would pretty much shoot 150 to 200. And uh, the problem was at the Huntington Crescent Club, if, if you didn't caddy in the outings, your status would drop dramatically. So you were stuck going up there on a Monday doing one round of golf that would take you pretty much all day, pretty much eight hours, six to eight hours. I don't want to exaggerate. And uh, they didn't know how to pay properly, and they weren't rich to begin with, you know, because it, it was one of these special days for them. So they, um, they, uh, they, were, they were a bit cheap. But it sucked. But anyway, my parents were like, wow, Greg's, Greg is a hard worker, and he's on that golf course six, seven days a week. And I really did enjoy uh, being a caddy because it uh, allowed me to talk to um, different people every day, which I, I feel like definitely helped me as far as being a talk show host. So between um, being at the golf course, you know, especially in the summer, all day, and then loving basketball, we had a basketball hoop, and... Uh, I loved shooting baskets in the in the driveway, and uh, you know after school I would I'd be known to be in that driveway two three hours every single day shooting hoops, and I didn't think anything of it at the time, and I, I'm thinking I love basketball, so I might as well practice as much as I can. I didn't realize until I started doing therapy that a lot of this stuff that I thought was stuff I just simply liked doing was another excuse to stay out of the house because, uh, like Jerry Cooney said in his book, and and man, we related on that podcast. Uh, Jerry basically said, if I wasn't seen, I wouldn't get in trouble. And I went, bing! Light bulb, uh, you know, um, goes off because I'm thinking, that's exactly how I felt. If I stayed out of the house, it would be less drama, less yelling and screaming about leaving our sneakers out. I don't know why I'm opening up like this. And then the other thing is, as I started this podcast, I was basically telling you that, um, you know, it's very early. It's 6.30 in the morning uh, on an empty beach. It's so peaceful. I'm listening to the waves. Got a nice breeze. The, the sun is looking awesome. Um, you might, you might, uh, well, no, a bunch of you over the years have always asked, why the hell do you get up so early? I mean, you know, obviously I did morning radio and, and uh, it, it, it didn't hurt to be, you know, the first at the golf course to get your loops in. So I would, I would be at the golf course by 5, 5.30 to be one of the first out uh, to do a loop. But anyway, uh, the one reason why I uh, like getting up so early is because I'm a really, really shitty sleeper. Um, as I get older, I've gotten better at sleeping. Um, I know, dare I say, I'm in a safe place in my own home. Uh, so I could actually, you know, be at peace and sleep. But, uh, you know, my upbringing, um, you know, I'm one of seven, eight, nine kids. Uh, my brothers and sisters will say the same thing. We're all really, really bad sleepers. And uh, the reason being that uh, my mom, you know, one of her issues was that, you know, she was always scared and worried that, um, that uh, you know, we were dead. <laughs> There's no other way to say that. So she would constantly uh, make the rounds all night long, checking on us as, as we slept. So uh, I, I remember more than a few times just opening my eyes to have my mom like very close to my face because she was trying to see if I was still breathing. And uh, I, would, I, I would open my eyes like, what are you doing? Oh, 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 okay, just checking on you. And then she would walk out of the room, and then she would go to another room to check on uh, 
my brothers or my sisters and she would just make rounds all night because she was just so freaked out that you know we were dead um so i i think that's why i'm a i'm a bad sleeper although it's gotten better over the years thank god but uh there there was a time my i would be uh, taking a nap let's say and my wife would put the key in the door uh, just to come into our apartment, and I'd I'd, I'd wake up. Just the, the the simplest little fucking noise would wake me up. So uh, there you go. Oh, my son is uh, awake. He's walking toward me. He's gonna interrupt this fine podcast. Let me let me just yell to him. Hold on. Hey, you can go on your iPad. I'll be back up. Uh, how great is the iPad to the parents out there? He was literally walking to to my location to ask if he could go on his iPad. That iPad rules. It's the best babysitter ever. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, so I, I'm a bad sleeper. And then, um, I mean, if we're confessing things, this is something I've never, never confessed before. But also I'm a bad sleeper because, sadly... Uh, and a lot of this stuff I tell you, I'm, I'm way past at this point. But I, I like opening up like this. Um, but growing up, I, uh, I, I truly felt that my, uh, that my mom could kill me. Yeah, there you have it. There you have it. I was convinced that that was actually a possibility because of her craziness and her, her, and her mental issues. Uh, we've gotten past that. Relax. We've gotten way past that, and uh, safe to say she uh, she uh, you know didn't kill any of us. Even though I say uh, we had uh, seven, eight, sometimes nine kids. Uh, and honestly, in all fairness to her, um, you know she didn't do anything that dramatic to us or to that extent. But uh, that was a feeling I had as a kid, unfortunately. And I, I remember being an adult, and man, I probably was. Uh, I was probably in my early 30s at this point that I uh, that I finally could uh, you know stand up to my mom and realize that I finally had the upper hand and uh, that was a good day. That was a good day when I realized that uh, you know her nonsense and her her bullshit and her and her issues weren't going to officially um, you know affect me anymore. So anyway, I I, I feel like uh, anyone that's going through some shit from their upbringing they should uh, they should absolutely look into therapy. It is. Um, it has really, really helped me. Really helped me. And I, I was one of those guys uh, that I thought, oh, therapy is for... Uh, and I thought, you know, uh, you had to stay strong and you could do this yourself. But now I I really, really believe in therapy. And it, 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 it's very... Um, I believe it's, it's, it's very helpful. So there you have it. All right, I don't want to end this podcast on such a downer. Um... I decided I got I got another little something from Mark Norman. Uh, Mark Norman being very very funny, and also after this uh, Mark Norman uh, bit, I'm uh, I'm about to play. We're gonna do that homeless mustard song, uh, "Boys Don't Cry." His version of the Cure's "Boys Don't Cry" with that shitty guitar with the bad string that was out of tune. Where he goes, you know what? I think I could do something with this. So we'll play the Mark Norman thing, and then we'll end with. Uh, Homeless mustard doing boys don't cry, okay? But let me set this up, man. We had uh, we had uh, Nina Agdal come in. She's a swimsuit uh, model. She's freaking gorgeous, like a perfect, perfect model. And she was in the uh, latest issue uh, of um, uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. So they had Ashley Graham, who now everyone knows who Ashley Graham is. But she's she's a plus size model, and they put her in the uh, you know the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, and she's a really big girl with a really really nice face, no doubt. But man, that's that look isn't for everybody, and everyone was kind of like tiptoeing around it. We're looking at the pictures, and and I know a lot of you guys are into like bigger w- women, and honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's also nothing wrong with the fact that. Uh, we could say, oh, my God. <laughs> but for some reason in this new world we live in, if you say, ah, if you go, oh, that's disgusting, or oh, my God, that's gross, or that's too big, or 
look at her ass. It looks like she, uh, you know, sat down in a in a gravel driveway. Say any of that stuff, you got hate in your heart, and you should, you know, you should basically be burned uh, burned alive. And uh, I love that Mark Norman called out Nina Agdal on this whole thing because I think you could still say stuff like that as long as you don't have hate in your heart. That's the difference. And you should be able to make jokes. So Mark Norman was going in heavy. He was he was definitely making some points, but he was also uh, being uh, Mark Norman, which is hilarious. And Nina Agdal, I know, I, I, I was looking at her. I'm going, man, you, you agree with everything Mark is saying here, but you can't say that. You can't say that because you're living in the PC world and you're in that magazine and you're out here uh, promoting the fact that they got very, very different uh, models in this issue. And then they showed, uh, then there was a, a spread of a much older lady. I think she was close to 60 years old in a bikini. And honestly, you know, she looked good. Got the big boobies and, you know, but, but, it, but, it, but, but it wasn't like a, like a, a, a piece of ass, you know, model, you know, it was very, very different. So we, we kind of yelled at that too, like, ah, <laughs> And, and Nina the whole time is getting madder and madder. But uh, I love this because Mark basically was trying to tell her uh, not all women are beautiful. And, and, and I agree with them. And it's okay, you know, as long as you're not pointing and laughing and as long as you don't have hate in your heart. I think, I think you should be able to say that. But then with that said, you know, uh, we, had, we had a couple people going, wow, you know, that, that, uh, that lady that's pushing 60 in the, in the bikini, I wouldn't mind that. You know, so like I, like I said, I mean, you know, there, you know there's, uh, there's people that are into all sorts of thing, things and that's okay. But to, to make a blanket statement that everyone is beautiful and you should accept this and that, I, 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 don't, I don't agree with that. And certainly Mark Norman uh, did not agree with that. So... Without further ado, we're gonna end, uh, we're gonna end the Opie Radio podcast with this. If you're just streaming this particular episode, uh, you know, give it give it a shot, subscribe, and uh, you know, check out some other episodes. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. All right, guys, thank you, thank you so much for listening. We end with Mark Norman just going at it with this gorgeous model Nina Agdal and, and telling her not all women are beautiful. And then you'll hear uh, Homeless Mustard doing his version of the Cures. Boys, don't cry. Oh, yeah. I think they're going to have a few bigger girls in this issue, too. I yeah. Well, yeah. Really? That's nice. Really? Bigger girls. Like a Latifah? Just showing that, you know. No, what? Ashley Graham is in there. Who? Mm-hmm. It, Ashley Graham. Oh, she's a real pig. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. I'm joking. But he said bigger girls. Who? <laughs> I'm going to not comment on I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't think she took that Lock one well. Look her up. Look her up. She's hot. You right, said bigger see. girls. No, not Ashley Green. <laughs> Ashley Graham. Graham. Oh. That, that. Graham. No, not. Graham. Graham. She's a real pig. She's a fucking heifer. No, come on, you guys. Bovine whore. Dude is not having it. Let me oh, know. yeah. Right, let that. me take a look at this. Oh, she's beautiful. Oh, All that's right. a full-figured gal. She's a bit on the big side. but she's Okay, but she's uh, nice. She's right. yeah, it's a little, little she's jiggly nice. for me. Yeah? Yeah, you can tell when you slap it. It rolls for a week. <laughs> Stop it. Jesus. Wait, I can't with you guys. I'm joking. I'd love to eat her out. My mom's calling me. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, it's, you know, but good for her. You don't God want every it. guy, you don't want every guy going, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's great. But see, I don't. What what bothers me is all right. We all have to accept this. Hey, she's hot. Yeah, yeah. But if a if a guy who's five four comes in, everybody makes fun of him. You know, we got to have it both ways. How come the five four guy can't get any love? All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for the support, fellas. Yeah. Just saying. All right. So we got chunky gals. That's we got to high five her. But how about the bald guy? Nothing. I think. You know, where does it end? Let's see the fifty eight geezer. She- <laughs> Yes. Yeah, oh God! <laughs> what? I didn't see that coming at all. I like. I think it looks amazing. Oh, you're lying. <laughs> I like the, the Look, chest freckles, the face. I, I was in with the face. I'll be honest with you. I was She's in got with a the nice face. body, but then the uh, you don't like the bod, the pull out. I mean, it's it's a. It's she, she looks like a lady you'd see at the the Ramada pool. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not going to I'm not against that. I love the I hope You do notice that they, you know, shot her at the end of the day when the sun was going yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> it's a shadow. Nate, Nate is giving me a dirty look. I'm totally He's, not having it. I'm sorry, Nina. I just don't I know where does it end. Are we going to go wheelchair, you know? <laughs> There has to be some standard, is all I'm saying. Yeah. All women are beautiful. Well, well I mean, come on. <laughs> exactly. That doesn't make sense. In different ways. The definition of the word beautiful means there's only a few, you know? And Sports just, Illustrated, I got to say, uh, the swimsuit issue is probably the the only magazine I, I still buy. Yeah. Yep. Those yep. Yes. No, I'm yep. serious. It's probably the only one I still buy. Well, you can collect them, you know? It's I, so I'm fun. not a perv. I don't need to collect them. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I'll take they a look. They get too sticky. That's the problem. Oh, oh sticky. Now we're talking. Check it out. Yeah. I get that way with guns and ammo. <laughs> no, so. I don't really get your jokes, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> shit. Shit. Well, shots fired. Most models don't. <laughs> Six preaching as as the crybaby. That's what they call me. 